This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. and he came back and he had a message. He had a brand new message, didn't he? That no one had heard before. Because see, everybody in his day was still living from the last move, which was Moses. Boy, that was a long time ago. I'd hate to go uh, several hundred or several thousand years between hearing from God. I don't even want to go uh, a month or two months or six months. I don't know how people do it. They just get, get on autopilot, I guess. I mean, I I need to hear from God. Jesus said in the prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. Well, that's not just taters on the table. I mean, I need some of that manna for my spirit. Amen. I need to hear from God for today. So we said there's a movement, there's a message, and then we said there's a manifestation. Whenever God of what God's doing. With Jesus, it was, it was healing. It was casting out devils. It was uh, all kind of miraculous things. Well, man, that, they hadn't been seeing that with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know, we just came and, you know, they read from, you know, they blew the dust off the scrolls and, you know, read from Moses and said, well, that's it. Do the best you can. But Jesus came and all of a sudden he had a message that today you can be free. Today, you can be healed. Today, the blind can see, the deaf can hear. And all of a sudden, miracles begin to happen. And I'm telling you, when that began to happen, there began to be a mighty attraction to the movement of the Holy Spirit, to the message of the Holy Spirit, and to the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We know in Psalm 127, he said, unless God builds a house... They labor in vain. I'm telling you what, I don't want to build Passion Church. I want God to build Passion Church, and I just want to be involved in it. Whatever my place is, whether it's hammering a nail or whatever it might be, I want to find my place, and I want to do it. I don't want to be a spectator. I want to be involved. So today we're going to continue talking about how God builds, and, uh, and we're just going to continue on with that. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn over there to a very familiar portion of scripture Genesis chapter 11 and we want to look at Abraham just a little bit and continue on this theme of movement message and manifestation you know the vision and the work of God as I said they're not static it's an ongoing thing God is a living thing you remember one time you know with the Sadducees and you know I've said this to you before you know why they were called the Sadducees because they didn't believe in the resurrection And if I didn't believe in the resurrection, that would definitely make me sad, you see. So I understand why they were sad. But Jesus said, he said, you err not understanding the scriptures. He said, don't you remember reading where God says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He said, God's not the God of the dead, but of the living. Amen? Man, if you want the God of the dead, you need to go to Egypt. That's where those boys had the God for the dead. But we serve a living God, and those who are asleep in Jesus are present with the Lord. They are alive. They are enjoying the glories of heaven. Amen. And Jesus is coming back. I know that's old-fashioned gospel, but He is coming back, and He's bringing them with Him. And we're going to get a brand new body. 
Hallelujah. But until that time, we got to occupy, don't we? So Abraham received a call and a vision to leave the old place and go to a new place. Remember that? Let's look here in Genesis 11. Let's look at verse 32. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, out of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. Now I want you to notice something, that God had called Abram out, and he started on his journey. There was a movement that started in Abram's life when God spoke a word to him. You know why some Christians are so bored? It's because they haven't gotten a fresh word from God in years. They're living in a stagnant place where it's the same old, same old, nothing new. I mean, I'm just... You ever had a good book that you read and you really liked? I mean, it it really either entertained you or maybe educated you or something. And you went back and you read that book again. And it, it's okay. But then you read that book for about the tenth time. Are you listening to me? It doesn't quite speak to you the same, does it? As it did that first time. Sometimes Christians wonder, well, I don't understand this. I know I'm saved. I know I'm born again. I know I'm filled with the Spirit. I don't understand. Why do I have more joy? Why isn't there some excitement? Why is my Christianity so dull and boring? Because you're stagnant. You're you're living in yesteryear. Remember we said that Jesus gave the example about the old wine and the new wine. Amen? And when... Uh, uh, God wants to always, what, mingle some new wine with your old wine. Because if all you ever drink is the old wine, then you're going to just kind of sit down and be self-satisfied. But it won't be long before the old wine doesn't satisfy. Amen? Because God has called us to move. So He calls Abram, and he begins to set out. I mean, Abram begins to move, doesn't he? Just like a lot of Christians, they heard the message. Maybe it was the message of salvation. You embraced that message. God did a work in your life, and a movement of God was begun in your life called the new birth. And I remember, man, do you remember when you got saved? Oh, man, I'm telling you. Now, I know some of you were so wonderful that you did God a favor. But he didn't get no favors with me. I'm telling you, he got a work. I mean, it was all, I mean, my my ledger sheet was all liability. I mean, you know, but I remember when I got saved, I mean, man, you know, everything about my life seemed to be unorthodox if you talk about, you know, typical church people and things like that. I didn't get saved in a church. I got saved praying, you know, over a, 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 a washing machine in a store front building in a store and I was led to the Lord by the guy who used to be my drug dealer that's pretty normal isn't it so it was different but I remember man when I got saved it was it was awesome it was man this is great it was wonderful I was so excited about Jesus I, I was in love with Jesus man I, it was wonderful and then somebody, I finally in the process of time I came around, somebody began to talk to me about uh, the, the indwelling and, and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. 
And man, I thought, wow, that sounds great. And they showed me in the Scriptures. And I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And wow, man, I mean, you thought I was excited before. I mean, man, I was just somewhere going to explode. Man, I mean, man, the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in my life. I mean, it opened up this book, the Bible. I mean, all kind of things begin to happen. And then God uh, called me into ministry and said, I want you to go to Bolivia. I said, where's that? I mean, I went to Bolivia. God called me. It was exciting, man. I was getting on this airplane and I was going to Bolivia. And I didn't even know anybody in Bolivia except God. So, I mean, and each time, and I could go on and on, and I'm sure, even though your path is different, God speaks a word. He creates movement in our life because He's got a plan and He's got a purpose. And it's not to just get to one destination and sit there. Listen, I'm not going to stop moving. And even then, the Bible tells us, when we get our resurrected body, and in the eternity and the ages to come, The Bible says God's going to continue this process because He's going to continue to unfold His plan and His purpose in Christ Jesus throughout eternity. So there's going to continue to be this process of movement and growth and God unfolding His plan and purpose for us. But here's Abraham. He gets to about halfway and he stops. Mm. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven eight about Abram that he started out on this journey not knowing. Not knowing. See, some Christians get stuck in moving on with God because they got to know everything first. Well, I'm not going to get on any plane going to, to Bolivia until I know. Wait a minute. Now, what are we going to do and how are we going to do it and where am I going to live and how are we going to do all this and let me get all the money lined up? Well, you know, I'm not going to do anything. Well, listen, you're never going to move out and God's best for you. You know, if you're going to move out with God, you're going to have to be a risk taker. If you play it safe, I mean, you're never going to, God's not going to do too much with you. He's going to love you. He's going to bless you all he can. But if you want to find God's best for your life, at some point in time when God says to step out, there's some risk. Remember when God told Peter, you know, Peter said, Lord, that's you. Bid me to come on the water. He said, okay, Peter, great. Get out of the boat. I can, man, I can just see that white knuckle moment when he's hanging on to the side of that boat. See, it all sounds wonderful in here in our nice air-conditioned, comfortable building. But you get out there where the wind's blowing your hair straight back if you had any. Some of us would, could relate to that. The rain is stinging your face. The waves are crashing over the boat. And here's Jesus out there, you know, go, I mean, he, the wave's going down. He's going down in the trough. The wave comes up, and there's Jesus on the wave. And he says, okay, get out of the boat. There's always risk. See, faith is born in the heart but when God speaks a word to you. But then you've got to begin to take the first step. That's what he did. And he stepped out, but he got part way. The journey began. He started out good, but he got to this place called Haran. You know what that word Haran, that it means there, it means a dry place. Did you know if you stay 
in a place too long in God, it becomes a dry place. And that is on purpose because God wants you to move. Remember the prophet? He prophesied there was going to be a drought in Israel. Remember that? And sure enough, no rain, no, no nothing. Well, you know, of course, the prophet, he, was, he also was having to endure his own prophecy. Hello. <laughs> so God sent him to a place, Cherith. Remember the brook there? He said, you drink from the brook and the birds brought him food to eat. Wow. How about that? But at some point in time, what? The brook dried up, didn't it? So, you know, what are you going to do? You know, when the brook dries up and the birds don't fly, and you, then what do you do? Well, you've got to be willing to what? Take the next step. And see, so many Christians, because they don't understand this principle and they're not willing to take a risk and step out, then, you know, man, you know, there's dry as last year's bird nest. I mean, you know, there, there are no eggs in it. There's no uh, little chicks in it. There's no little birds in it. There's nothing in it. It's just a shell of something that once had life. And our Christian walk can be, be the same way. We can just kind of put it on autopilot. Well, praise God, I'm saved. My sins are forgiven. I'm going to heaven. Well, that's a good thing to be happy about. But you know what? God's going to let your brook dry up. The joy is not going to be quite the same. Are you listening? All of a sudden, you know, things that didn't bother you before, they begin to hinder your walk with the Lord. All of a sudden, things about your, your flesh begin to rise up that you once had victory over before. Come on. Because you began a journey, but you, just like Abram, you stopped halfway there. Now look in chapter 12 there. Verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram. What, is, what, is, what tense is had? So in the past, he had said something to Abram, and Abram had gotten halfway there. How many of you know halfway is not to your destination? If you started out from here, you're going uh, to Birmingham, and you got, you know, up or bound around Calera. Well, you know, you could stop there. But have you gotten to your destination? Have you gotten to the place God wants you to be? So if you haven't, why have you stopped? This is the thing you have to stop and ask yourself. Have I stopped in my walk with God? Is that the reason why I've lost my excitement? I've lost my enthusiasm. I'm not excited about uh, the things of God the way I used to be or about uh, what's going on in my life. I'm just in the old ho-hum routine of life that can dull our vision. It says, they got there, they got halfway there, and they stayed there, and they just, you know, I'm making a living, I'm paying the bills, you know, I'm raising the kids. I just ain't got time for all this stuff you're talking about, Pastor. I mean, I'm living in the real world. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I wish you'd come up to the supernatural, because that's where God's called you to live. The supernatural is not... That's not the supernatural. That's some kind of phony idea. The word super just means above or greater than. So the supernatural doesn't mean that you're floating around like Casper the ghost. 
It doesn't mean your heads are in the cloud. It means that you're in touch with the living God who's living on the inside of you. you this word is alive to you. You're in an re- ongoing relationship with a supernatural God that has a supernatural plan for your life. And it's, it's ongoing and it's moving and God wants you to, to pick back up just like he spoke to Abram again. Here's Abram. He got part way. He got settled in. You know, life was good. Everything was good. He's paying the bills. But then God visited him again. He says, Abraham. He said, Abram. He said, hey, boy. I'm paraphrasing. I mean, you know, God can speak Southern too. I mean, I, you know, some people, you know, that, you know, unless God sayest thouest or something, they don't hearest him. I don't know about you, but God, God talks Southern to me. He understands y'all. All y'all. <laughs> he said, <clears throat> go from your country, your people, <clears throat> your father's household to the land I will show you. He renewed the call. See, for some people, and even some in this room, God's plan and vision for your life is on hold. Not because he put it on hold, you put it there. You got too busy. You got too involved with making a living and paying the bills and raising the kids and just whatever it is, you know, uh, you know, dealing with the crisis and all of those things. And we, it's easy to happen and we get caught up with the natural and, and there are natural things. Of course, I understand that we have to do, but we can get so caught up with that side that we forget that we are called to be supernatural. That there's that, that is the primary focus of our life. Amen. You know, I've, I've said this before. I've done a lot of funerals through the years of my ministry, and I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. You know? You're not going to take that stuff with you. All that stuff that you're so giving your life to accumulate, somebody else is going to spend that. <laughs> so we need to understand that. So natural things can gain uh, prominence in our life and the vision becomes on hold if you read we don't have time to go there but when the children of Israel first crossed the Jordan River and they finally set their foot in the promised land where the the purpose the ongoing purpose of God was going to unfold for them they set their foot on the the far side of Jordan River there was a place there called Gilgal That was the first place where they had set their foot and made entrance. And if you look, many times you can see when a new king would rise up, many times, or a prophet would rise up, one of the first things that God would say through the prophet or through the king is, let's go up to Gilgal and renew the kingdom. I feel like there are many in the church that you need to go back to your Gilgal and renew the kingdom, renew the call, renew the vision, renew the purpose that God gave to you. You need to get your compass readjusted to true north. Boy, it's awful quiet in here. We need to go up to Gilgal need to renew it the routine of life 
It's just weighed you down and you're just... You know, and you can hear it when you talk to people. They don't have anything fresh. All you can hear is complaints, gripes, what's wrong, what's not right with their life, with people around them, with their church, with the country, with this, with that, with this, with that, with this, with that. I can tell you right away. As soon as I hear you talk, I can tell where you're living. Well, Pastor Norris, you know, not all of us, you know, get to live up in that ivory tower where you live. Well, whose fault is that? I mean, last time I looked, the same blood that bought me bought you. The same God that was my God, your God. The same Father I got, you got. The same Savior I got, you got. The same Holy Spirit I got, you got. The same Bible I got, you got. So, you can have it if you want it. Isn't that right? Come on. Sure. You know, if I don't... If I don't take care of my oral health, my breath stinks just like yours. I know that. You say, that's crude. Well, I mean, sometimes you just got to get down where people are. People get this weird idea about people in ministry. We're just like you. If I don't pray, if I don't seek God, I mean, same stuff happened to me that I'm talking about here. So the routine of life can dull our vision relationships. Now notice here, I want you to look here, it says, uh, Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. You know, many times there has to be a crisis in our life sometimes for God to get us to move on. Take Passion Church. You know, we were in what some people thought was a perfectly good building when we sold it. What in the world did you want to do that for, Pastor Norris? And then we had to go through two years of packing up, repacking, unpacking, setting up, breaking down. You know what? It took a crisis event that God... See, and God will lead you in a direction sometimes that brings a crisis event. The prophet was by the brook. The water was sweet. The birds were flying. Boy, their life was good. But then one day he goes to get a drink of water. No water. Uh, Hey, God, it's me. It's Elijah, your prophet. Remember me? There ain't no water here. So, you know, what do you do? When the brook runs dry and the birds won't fly. You sit down and you feel sorry for yourself. I tried to serve God. I prophesied this thing. I told God I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. I knew it. But sometimes God will lead us in ways that brings a crisis into our life because he's wanting to what? Move us forward. And he shakes up our little kingdom a little bit. He shakes up our comfortable little nest a little bit. I'm not talking about God breaking your leg or killing your kids. I know some people, they go that way. But he can certainly lead and orchestrate circumstances and events and lead in certain ways that just like the prophet, even though he was in the perfect will of God, the brook dried up. Amen. And so he begins to move in our lives. And sometimes maybe it's a relationship that's holding us back. Now, I'm not talking about your husband and your wife. If you're married, some people, 
You know, you have to, some, some people want to run things further than I intend. That's not what I'm talking about. But there are certain friendships and relationships that could be what's holding you back. The reason you won't go forward. That's what happened to Abram, wasn't it? He hung on to dad. Well, it's nice that he, I'm glad that he loved his dad. That was, that was good and he honored his dad, but it held him back. And there may be some relationships that we need to let go of because they're holding us back. Oh, but, oh, but pastor, but, oh, but they, I mean, they're, they're some of my best friends. I mean, man, we get together and we just commiserate and we, 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 we feel sorry for one another and we relate to all our problems and I just, you know, I got to have them. You need to let go of them. Could be relationships, couldn't it? You know, the church in uh, Jerusalem, I mean, if you read over there in the book of Acts, man, that God started with a movement in the upper room, didn't he? Remember they were up there praying and the Holy Spirit fell, remember that? And man, they were, uh, the Holy Spirit appeared as tongues of fire and set on them and they were speaking in other tongues and, and people from all different nations in the world heard, heard them speaking supernaturally and, and Peter got up and preached a mighty message and 3,000 were saved and, and you go on and read and miracles were happening and, and God was adding thousands of people and the church was growing and oh, hallelujah, what we having a wonderful time. Man, God is good. Man, this is great. God is moving. But he had told them to move beyond Jerusalem. But they were happy in Jerusalem. So what happened? Persecution came. Oh, pastor, don't be talking this negative stuff. But you know what it did? It caused them to go out to Judea, to Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, didn't it? And see, sometimes, you know, we're so quick to pray for people in their circumstance, in their situation. You know what? What they might not need is the prayer of deliverance. They may need the prayer of hearing. What has God said the next thing that we're not doing? Come on. Because the prophet could have stayed there by that brook all day long and prophesied water's coming back. I prophesy water back to this brook. I prophesy water back to this brook. And that that thing would have stayed dry. (laughs) Because God had a plan for him to go somewhere else. Because there was a widow woman there. He said, I've commanded her to sustain you. Isn't it interesting? When he got there, she hadn't heard that yet. So God has a plan. So it could be that maybe you need to look at, at situations in your life. Maybe the circumstances there, you're looking at them all wrong. You're wanting God, let me stay where I am in my comfort zone and straighten out all these things that are not just right. God says, hey, I can't do that until you what? You take the next step. And it says that Abram, here in chapter 12, it says, says, now get up and get out. And he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Well, none of that was going to happen until he got to Canaan. God didn't say, okay, you go halfway, you get half of the blessing. Come on. I've run into the Christians. They have that kind of thinking. If I'm, if I... I have partial obedience, I'll get partial blessing. No, if you have partial obedience, you won't get any blessing. If you know what God has told you to do, 
and you're not doing it, you're not going to get partial blessing. You don't get credit for going halfway. Amen? There's no credit for that. You have to obey what God's called you to do. And so for God, he begins to renew the vision. And here's what Passion Church, you need to seek God for. Is if you feel, and you alone know before God, if your life, your Christian life has gotten dull, stagnant, nothing new, no new word, no new movement, nothing going on in your life. I mean, you know, you're, you know, you're coming to church most of the time, and you give sometimes, and you pray occasionally, but you don't really expect much. And, you know, if my life had gotten to that point, man, I'm telling you what, I'm going to get in there and seek God because something's not right. He's got more for you than that. Are you happy with that? I mean, if you went up to an ice cream parlor and said, you know, you ordered your favorite double dip cone of Rocky Road or whatever that kind you like, and you got to, you know, and they said, you know, that'll be $4.50, and you paid the guy, and you went on down the thing, you got to the end, and all they gave you was an empty cone. What would you do? Okay, thank you. Boy, this is good ice cream, isn't it? But some Christians, they can come. They can hear all the things like we're, we're preaching and we're talking about. They can read the promises of God, but they're still satisfied with their empty ice cream cone. And we want to pretend that it tastes so good. Oh, doesn't this taste good? No. It's dry. It's tasteless. I want the real stuff, don't you? So God renews our vision. He did it with Abraham. He'll do it with you. God renews and strengthens our faith. So what? We can get up and resume our journey. Now for us at Passion Church, God moved us to sell a building and to be in a place for two years because you know what it did? It did one of two things. You know, you either said, well, hey, I don't like this place where the brook's dried up. I'm going somewhere else. And we had people that did that. They left. It's hard to speak plain, isn't it? They left. God bless them. We did. Hallelujah. I hope you left under God. I hope you left in the plan of God. But I don't care. You can do that. But you know, those of us who continued on, God has done something fresh and new, and He wants to renew that in us. Because this natural building and property that God has done for us, it is a type of something greater that God wants us to understand, and that is that He is renewing the vision of Passion Church, the purpose of Passion Church, and for you individually, there's a renewal of His plan and purpose for you. And that's what we need to understand and embrace and not just get excited about having a wonderful new building and everything. That's wonderful. That's good. But I want to tell you what. It's the spiritual part that God wants to do in us that's the most important. And we, if we don't get that, what good? We won't be any happier here than you were there. Because stuff don't make you happy. So he renewed the vision. He renewed uh, the strength and the faith of Abraham. And he said, he said, now, Abraham, 
If you'll continue in this journey and if you'll go to the place I've called you to, he says, I'm going to bless you. Woo! That's what I want. I want the full measure. I remember one time I was uh, traveling in a foreign country, you know, and, uh, you know, and, you know, some places you go, it's, it's all about levels. Some places I went and preached, you know, uh, they had, uh, you know, uh, just a, a tub where they caught the rainwater, and they gave you a, a gourd to dip it. And you poured that over your head, got yourself as wet as you could, and then you, you lathered up with the soap you brought, and then you took the gourd, and you... Then I went some places, you know, they were really uptown. Now, they had a shower. But when you turn that shower on... If you didn't run around in it, you didn't get wet. You ever, you ever, had, you ever seen one of those shower heads? I mean, you know, it's, it's, some of it's coming out over here. Some, it's coming out over there, and you're standing here, and you're not getting wet at all. And, then, and man, I'm telling you, the uh, first time uh, we, we rented a house on, on uh, like Home Away or whatever that's called. Cindy does that stuff. And, man, uh, went in there, and they had... One of these things they call these rain showers. And man, it had a big, I mean, the shower head looked that big and it came down. But then you could turn some others on and the water came from this side and the water came from that side. And I'm like, oh man, this is all right. Because you get wet all over. <laughs> now, see, that's the way it is with God. See, some people, man, you're having to dip, I mean, what, you're working hard for that blessing. And some other people in a place where, you know, the blessing's coming out. But it's, <laughs> but God wants you where what? You're in the, I mean, it's coming down on you. It's coming from this side. It's coming from that side. It's coming from every side. And that's what God told Abram. You know that it wasn't Abram's acumen that made him rich. I don't have time now, but you can read over there that Pharaoh was one of the chief causes of the wealth or the chief agents that God used to bless Abram. He went to Egypt. And listen, he went to Egypt and he didn't even do it right. But God put favor on Abram with Pharaoh and when he came out from that, you can read in the very next chapter after he came out, it says, and Abram was rich. With silver, with gold, with camels. And if you go back to the chapter before, you'll see where he got that. Pharaoh gave it all to him. I'm telling you what, I'm expecting Pharaoh. That's a type of the world. Are you listening to me? The wealth of the wicked. I'm expecting it to come in. But only when I'm in the place where God's called us to fulfill the purpose. Because if we'll take that place, I'm telling you, God, we won't have to dip out of the bucket. We won't have to run around in the blessing shower. I'm telling you, God's going to bring it down. In Deuteronomy 11, God said this to Israel. He said, the land you're going into is not like the land you came out of in Egypt. You know, they had to irrigate it in Egypt. They had these treadmills. And they walked on the treadmill, you know, to, to pump the water. Well, guess who got to walk on the treadmill? It won't Pharaoh. 
It was the people of God having to walk on the treadmill. And see, some people, some Christians, they still got the treadmill mentality. And you're not going to have to run around and you're, you know, get a little bit of blessing here. Oh, man, isn't that great? God wants what? The full measure of his blessing upon us. Why? So that we can fulfill his call on us. His purpose on us. And that's to reach the community around us, to reach out into our city, and to reach out into the nations. Listen, if you think I'm going to be happy just because we got a nice little building, we're going to be, get all comfortable little country club in here, you're in the wrong place, honey. We move into the, to the place of God's purpose, and you know what happens? Acceleration acceleration I'm looking for acceleration see there's a time to pray and to wait on God but then there's a time to act and to move in God and what happens is some people get comfortable with the praying and waiting on God well I'm just waiting on God well that's fine unless it's time to act And see, when God begins to move, and there's an acceleration, and God begins to move supernaturally, some people get uneasy. Listen, now, I'm okay fishing out of the boat, but walking on the water fishing, now, I'm telling you, that's extreme. Come on. I don't know about all this new stuff. I don't know about all this new wine. I never heard that. I never seen that label in the church before. And so we start drawing back. And I'm going to tell you what, when we do that, I'm going to leave you with the mortgage. I'm going to go find God. That's not a threat. I'm just saying. We're going to move with God, aren't we? Absolutely, we're going to move with God. So I'm not here just look around and say, oh, don't we have a pretty building? Don't we have an awesome God? I want people, they come on this property, they they drive by this property. I want the presence of God to grab them. Let me give you some action points here. Has God given you a vision for yourself, for his work that he wants you to be a part of, for your family? You know, we, we can get so content. Well, you know, this is just the way it is. Well, Duh. And you don't have to be brilliant to say this is the way it is. But that's the wrong statement. We don't say this is the way it is. We ask this. Is this the way God wants it? Does God want strife in my life? Does God want me bound by this thing? Does God want my, my kids going to hell? Does God want our city perishing? Does that what God wants? That's the question we not, ought to be asking, not this is the way it is. The world can tell you this is the way it is. But you need to do a reassessment. Listen, you need to do that. I know people who plan better for their retirement than they do for eternity. Honey, your retirement ain't going to last but a few years. Eternity is a pretty long time by most people's reckoning. Has the routine and busyness of life dulled? It's reality, that vision that God's given. Has it dulled its reality? Have you lost your excitement about God? Is it just a ho-hum thing? Is it just a grit your teeth? Well, it's Sunday. I guess we'll get up and go to church, Myrtle. Doggone it. 
sure would like to sleep in. Come on. It's so easy. It's easy. I say this because it's easy to happen, isn't it? And then finally, let me encourage you. Seek God while it's still early in the year and allow Him to renew His vision, your faith, for whatever He has spoken to you. Maybe about your life, about your family, about your part in this church. What if everybody at Passion Church, I'm speaking for family now, if they did what you did, would the church remain alive? If everybody prayed the way you prayed, if everybody served the way you served, if everybody gave the way you gave, if, would, would we be in existence next month? Or would we have doubled? Hello? I know, you know, nowadays in church it's, it's popular. We want to make everybody feel good. Well, I promise you, once you get on God's plan and get back into His vision for your life and all, you'll feel really good. You'll see the blessing of God begin to not only pour in your life, but to pour through you. You know, you have more potential, so much potential in you. Are you listening? God uses ordinary, regular people just like you and I, if we're willing. So I want to pray this morning, and I want to pray over this. That if you would just bow your heads just for a moment. Because we, we're going to kind of, spiritually speaking, go up to Gilgal this morning. And we're going to renew the call and the vision and the purpose for Passion Church and also for your life. What has God spoken to you? Maybe it hasn't come to pass yet. Maybe you need to look and see, did you, have you stopped halfway? Did you give up? Did you lose hope? Maybe something happened and you just said, that's it. I'm, I'm tired. I'm weary. Whatever it may be. Listen, this morning, if you will just make the commitment, say, God, I'm going to pick back up what you said to me. The promise you gave to me, that, that word, that prophecy, that time in prayer that you spoke to me, I'm going to pick that back up. I'm going to pick that back up. I'm going to seek your face, and I'm going to renew, allow you to renew that call, that purpose, renew that faith, that excitement that I had. Father, right now, all over this room, as heads are bowed, Lord, I pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would take these words, to stir the hearts of people. God, to seek you, to seek your face, God, to, 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 to make time for you, to make time for the vision, to call the purpose that you've given them, to take the time, oh God, to allow you to renew that calling, that purpose for their life. God, I pray for those who maybe they've lost hope. Father, you're the God of all hope. You're the God of all hope. Father, that their dreams would be revived, their hopes will be revived as they seek your face. God, for Passion Church, God, may we grab hold again and anew of this opportunity. Lord, you've given us 
another and a new opportunity to grab hold of your vision and your purpose and your calling for us. God, I pray that we will seize the moment. Awaken us, O oh God, to seize the moment. In Jesus' name. If you hear this. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.